Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. On this episode, we're joined by Damian Rollis and Matt Muscardi of Free Float Media. You'd know Damian and Matt from their podcast, Business Pants, but they also provide a deep dive of ESG research and a new take on analysis on board skill, composition, and diversity. Also, they got killer merch. Damien, Matt, welcome to the podcast. This is our first crossover episode. It is the crossover that the ESG world wanted, needed, and craved. So thank <laughs> like you for this. being yeah. here. It's just like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Exactly. It's the X-Men. I'm very excited. X-Men, the Avengers, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Good thing I've never Spider-Man. seen those movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look. I can't get into that. That's This is not an MCU podcast. Let's not get into that. Um, no. but, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I'm also a huge fan and deeply envious Finally. of John Lewis's writing and Moneyball. But for those that may not be familiar, uh, what are sabermetics and what specifically are board sabermetrics? Well, sabermetrics is a concept. like It's a baseball statistic con- uh, concept by Bill James from when? Like the late 70s, right? Late 70s, Long-term. early 80s, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would write about baseball players um, and wanted to develop sort of statistics to identify how they actually perform as individuals, particularly when it came to things like fielding and like how do you quantify a f- fielding ability. I was going to or- say, he wanted to take the anecdote out of talking about s- stats, right? He wanted to translate the stories into actual numbers. Okay. So we borrowed the term um because the same problem exists for directors and management like we know more about lebron james and michael jordan and roger clemens and any like <laughs> our baseball football athletic uh, athlete greats mm-hmm. than we do about you know a single board member you can't my mom couldn't name a board member of target and she goes there like once a week so mm-hmm. For us, the name can of the you, game Matt, was... Can you name a board member of Target? I can when I look it up in our data, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the name of the game was to actually give these people names and figure out how they how who's influential, who's powerful, and, and how they perform. Yeah, we've sort of been stuck in the ESG world like on just giving you the names of the boards. Mm-hmm. And for 20 years, I think we've been stuck here. And so I this is the proudest thing I personally am of this data is that we're finally taking it to another place. It's not just names. And so what does that mean? Matt, I might start with you there. So uh, for our listeners, we've got uh, Matt Muscardi and so it was Damian Rollis that just spoke then. Um, Matt, I might just start with you then. What is this new place when it comes to identifying the stats and the, the, the personalities behind these board positions? And why does it matter? Well, so so I'll start by just using an anecdote that we use all the time, which is, um, so take the Max 8 crashes for Boeing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Everybody knows the planes crashed, but, um, and everybody wanted to hold management accountable. And they usually wait until after a disaster to do that. But we asked the question and part of what spurred us to build what we've built over the last four years is effectively who, not not just who's responsible after the fact, but who actually put that board together mm-hmm. and how did they do it? Mm-hmm. And who's the alpha in the room? Like, who does everyone listen to? Because you can say, you know, it's the CEO's fault, but there's a chance that the CEO is just a puppet of somebody else. Like, how can we measure social dynamics? So the reason why it's important is because 
everybody, you know, the vast majority of uh, of capital markets allow for voting. You mm-hmm. elect your stewards and then you put 10 people in a room, eight to 10 people in a room, and you ask them to make fiduciary decisions on your behalf. But we don't know much about who those people are, how they interact with one another, how they work as a team. Once we built it in two, we built two buckets. We built influence to determine like who's got power in that in that social dynamic. And then you can use influence as an attribution model to say, all right, well, if you add 20% of the influence in that room, then you get 20% of the outcomes of the decisions, right? Um, so the the reason why we think it's it's necessary is to actually empower investors to vote not based on some gut feel or a fist bump, mm-hmm. but to vote on something tangible, statistics that mm-hmm. that they can see and, and and use, and they can filter out who's got who's good teams and better teams for some performance or worse teams, or how do their stewards actually fit what they want? Is it possible to get this, Damien? Is it possible to quantify this information, or is this stuff that's based off of sort of meeting and interviews with uh, with potential board members? Yeah, I, I would say yes. It's definitely possible because we've done it. How about that? <laughs> hey, <laughs> we like proof of life here on the Greener Way. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is, is that we're we are limited to what is disclosed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we so and we've done this to scale. I mean, we could have focused on just fifty companies and and mm-hmm. done an extraordinary amount of research on everything we could find. But that's not how the ESG data world works. So we're using what is available. We're using what is available globally. And um, I think you'd find that, you know, when you look at what we've done, you can definitely you definitely can do this. I mean, without sort of the inner secrets of the board. And in, in fact, very early on in the process, we spoke to a public director here in the United States and we showed them the influence data for his board. Mm-hmm. And he said, you, you basically, you got it. Like that's yes. And, and we were worried about that because he was pretty low and we thought that he'd be, his ego would kick in and be like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. But he said, yeah, you, you kind of nailed it. <laughs> so basically it's like a slam. I'll date myself. It's like a, sl- uh, a middle school slam book for the, for a board to see uh, who, who's hot, who's not. I'm going to say yes to that, even though I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Is that your Mark Zuckerberg moment? No, I hope not. Um, now it's a uh, slam books where the, you get to write who was who and who wasn't who in the, uh, in the lunchroom. And, right, uh, right. If, the, you know, the guarding of the secret and the passing around of the information was highly political, but that's middle school politics for you. Sure. Well, honestly, it's not that different in boards. It's not. I mean, no. when, like the, the thing we found with like Boeing was that 66% of the board in 2011 went the board that okayed the Max 8 built, right? 66% of them were directly connected with one another through one guy. The head of the nominating committee had a lobbying firm and they were all his clients. So when you realize like things like that, you realize that boards aren't drastically different from middle school in some in some you know way. Um, and and frankly, they have a lot more power than I did when I was throwing peas at Gus on the other side of the you know the middle school gym. So when you get a conception of a board and who has influence within a board and who doesn't have influence in a board, how does that then assist investors um, 
to either make better decision making around their their voting for directors or make better decisions in the way that they engage with boards on sort of key financial issues? Uh, you know, part of this is dependent on who the investor is. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people make this mistake that ESG data leans a certain way. It has a certain political bent, but really mm-hmm. it's up to the investor. Maybe they're they're looking for certain attributes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're looking for boards with a, with a very democratic approach where mm-hmm. you have different directors with different skill sets all coming to the table and, and making a democratic decision together. Or, or maybe they think that, you know, boards with 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 very few people in power, like Mark Zuckerberg at Meta, or a family controlled company like, uh, you know, like a Hershey company, maybe they think that's the the ticket to make money. I, you know, so so this is how we see it. I mean, we we don't try to prescribe a, mm-hmm. a certain a certain winning formula. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's sort of like some people like curry and some people like. You know, I don't know, um, barbecue. Like, if if you don't know like the both. ingredients, you mm-hmm. you like like it's hard to make decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you like an example out of the Australian market, um, because we're a bunch of non-Australians talking in Australia right now. Um, I feel Australian today. But like, uh, so I so here is like here's a combo I picked. There's a company, Eagers Automotive. Now mm-hmm. I know nothing about Eagers Automotive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I filtered the Australian market for companies where less than 20% of the board have been CEOs ever, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they don't have executive experience at that level. Mm-hmm. And less than 20% of the board has attained an advanced degree or gone to an elite school in, mm-hmm. in Australia or out of Australia. And that was the one that popped at the top. It was the mm-hmm. largest company for which both of those things were true. Now, maybe you don't care about that, right? Like maybe that's not, important to your decision-making, but I can guarantee you mostly didn't know that, right? Mm. And now that you know that, do you care? And then there's the follow-up question, which is like, okay, well then who's leading that board and how does that person perform? Like we give our performance metrics in the form of a batting average, like it looks like in in baseball. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, we're sort of saying, we can compare you to your peers and say, are you know, maybe I don't care that that's the case at Eager's Automotive, mm. but maybe I should because their batting average is way lower than companies that don't look like that, you know, for something I do care about. Investors will always glom on when you give them more information, they find ways to use it to make mm. it interesting or material to them. I was going to add to that take the bank failure, Lala Palooza going on. You know, if maybe if you're looking at who actually has risk expertise on the board, mm. you know we have given we have given investors a window into how much influence they actually hold. So if mm. so, yeah, if half your board has risk risk expertise, but they only hold a seventeen percent aggregate influence, then maybe it's something you should be concerned about. Actually, um, I wanted to to bring up that point because one of the interesting facets of um, when you're looking at board composition in Australia, um, frequently companies will fill out board matrices 
but mm-hmm. very few companies, as far from from sort of my my oversight, very few uh, companies actually match the skill to the individual director. So it can be really hard to understand. So they'll say, you know, within our board, there are people who are expert in risk or expert in assurance or expert in sustainability or climate, but they won't attribute which member of the board has that particular skill set, which would almost seem to defeat the purpose because who do you know to go to or who do you know to then correlate to that influence ma- that influence statistic um, that you've come up with? Arguably, maybe even worse than that is um, you don't know. I mean, is that even relevant experience? If so, and I I did pull like the Board Sabermetrics Best of Australia award Ooh, badges. So I'm gonna Ooh, let's get like, to that later a so, little bit later. We'll tease that for the audience at the end. <laughs> so, but but one of one of the companies that that popped was were the bank like the banks in Australia are highly interconnected. So imagine being on the board and you're the risk expert, but everyone Mm -hmm. on the board is your friend. Like you Mm -hmm. went to college with them or you go get martinis with them or you went Mm -hmm. surfing with them. Mm -hmm. Do you really, does anybody really listen to you? Do they listen to you more? Do they listen to you less? Like what's that dynamic like? Mm -hmm. It may not matter that you have expertise if you're beholden to somebody else, your buddy who puts you on in that board seat and is paying you $250,000 a year to show up four times and high five each other, right? Mm -hmm. That that can override the expertise to begin with. Mm -hmm. It was also really interesting then, so that particular facet of the intercorrelatedness um, of of Australian boards. Um, I've got a geneticist friend who says, you know, a a healthy population has eight degrees of separation. Australia has maybe four if you're lucky. So, you know, from a social social genetics perspective, we can talk about that at at, at a different time. But I was really interested, you folks put up on LinkedIn a um, a chart about the different styles of boards, democratic, autocratic, oligarchic, socialistic. Um, It was really interesting to see that Australia ranked fairly high for having democratic boards. Mm -hmm. What is that difference between having an oligarchic or autocratic board versus a democratic versus a socialistic in terms of shareholder value? That's an open question, right? Like, (laughs) um, we haven't done that, Mm. that level of analysis, but Damien, yeah. Well, again, I was going to say, you know, this very much does depend on your investment strategy, right? Mm. I mean, I, I, I do know there are people who feel comfortable with family firms and firms controlled by one person because Mm -hmm. they just kind of have a sense of, understanding how the company operates because it's literally Mark Zuckerberg, for instance, right? So I don't, I mean, it personally drives us crazy. I, 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 we, we complain about it almost daily that how do you let these companies list on exchanges? How do you let a, a company who is with a single person controls everything, you know, what's the succession plan? What are you investing in? What the hell is this? Mm. So, to, so, but I mean, we're fully aware that not all people share that. And that's mm. why, like, I'm always careful to say it's not that we don't necessarily prescribe a right and a wrong way. Yes, if you listen to us, you'll understand what we think. Mm-hmm. But the data, you know, th- that's why this debate, this anti-ESG debate is is absolutely nonsense because you can interpret the data any way you please. It's kind of interesting. Uh, so the the anti-ESG or anti-woke capitalism movement hasn't yet washed up on shore here in Australia. Um, oh, and lucky. Yeah. Look, I, I think there's, there's a bunch of different political factors. There's a different political factors, structural factors, uh, politically speaking, 
you know, voting is mandatory in Australia. And I think that imposes a more centrist political outlook because you don't have to appeal to the extremes. You've got to get everybody on board. Um, secondarily, our pension systems are hmm. run by professional fiduciaries. Um, so our super funds, the sort of the systemically important retirement systems in Australia um, are not managed by politicians or uh, they're, they're managed by professional fiduciaries. So you don't have like a Ron DeSantis equivalent here who can make decisions over $76 billion worth of assets to score a political point because he doesn't like Disney or he doesn't right. like climate change. Um, so that that hasn't washed over here yet. And so the discussion about ESG, while complicated, um, doesn't have that as strong a political tinge, I find. You're welcome. Or, or <laughs> yeah. congratulations. Or I don't I know how to We got our own problem. Our former prime minister brought a lump of coal into parliament when I remember was treasurer that, yeah. and said not to be afraid of it. So, but it's just, it's the, the dynamics are, are different between countries. Um, speaking of sort mm -hmm. of country and dynamic, how many different markets do you cover within your database? All of them. Uh, oh. So we cover 9,000 <laughs> publicly traded companies mm -hmm. and it's, um, I, maybe up to 10,000 now. And we have a five to seven year history and we're actually working backwards to get further back mm -hmm. and it's global coverage. So we, what's interesting is to see, you know, the, the differences, in, you know, the chart I posted on LinkedIn showed the differences country by country and who's democratic, but I didn't put up like which country's favorite totalitarian sort of boards or uh, autocratic boards, right? Like, there's every country's got its own nuances and its own structural sort of mm -hmm. like just differences, which get lost in sort of the broader ESG conversation because, and this used to drive Damien nuts, but there's a one size fits all to, you know, especially the G mm -hmm. and, but doing an ESG rating, you're comparing, you know, a Taiwanese, you know, semiconductor company to a, you know, Russian bank, to an mm -hmm. Austrian, you know, law firm. It doesn't, it's really hard to make those comparisons. But mm -hmm. when we deal with people, social dynamics, there are cultural differences, but a lot of social dynamics are similar. And some mm -hmm. of the cultural sort of guardrails are easier to measure in weird ways. Like, mm -hmm. um, like being a family firm in Korea is more normal. Chables are normal. And mm -hmm. you can see just like, okay, this is the way this market looks. Mm -hmm. How do I feel about the, the dynamics within it? Mm -hmm. But we do have, a, we have a global coverage. It's a lot. It's 250,000 directors. There's a lot of people in there. A lot of stinking people. <laughs> well, look, we, uh, we, we teased earlier in the episode that you've got some, uh, some greatest hits for the Australian market. Uh, I'd love to have you share your insights into what's going on here in our own little, in our own country. Yeah, I'm Take excited, Matt. What do you got? Yeah, what have you got, Matt? <laughs> All right, ready? We'll do, <laughs> yeah. first we'll do the, the Fist Bump Board Award. Um, <laughs> this is a board full of people who are most likely to fist bump. Okay. Um, and, and the criteria was um, that it's male controlled and they are connected to each other. That was the, the criteria. How did you Wanna pick just one? take a guess, anybody? Yeah, well, there's, <laughs> Good question. there was one that stood out. I'm gonna no, I, hit me. There's too many that's come I'm to mind. I'm just gonna hit you with it. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it's Brambles, Brambles Limited. Interesting. Which has a board where 45% of the board are women, but they own just 23% of the power. So 
it is 77% of the power goes to men and the men, um, two dudes actually control 32% of it. Three dudes get 51%. So there's three, it's an oligopoly. Three mm. people control it and mm. they're all connected to one another. They basically, all the men are largely connected to one another. So it's a good fist bump board. It's a bunch of guys. I want to add can, to your faulty data, Matt. Fortescue Metals. Did I say that right? I know I did. Fortescue. 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 Fortescue Metals. Yes. I just found this. Uh, 63% of the board are women, five female directors. Mm -hmm. Uh, they control 18% of the actual influence. That's because, um, the, I don't uh, care. One no person. qualifiers. I don't care. <laughs> There's one person. Still John shocking. Andrew Forrest. This actually. Twiggy, he, he, Twiggy Forrest. Twiggy Forrest. That, that front runs the biggest totalitarian regime, uh, award, which goes to Fortescue because Twiggy owns 74% of the influence over that board as an owner, mm -hmm. which is like Zuckerberg. Why even bother having a board? Although yeah, why? I, I did read that he's pivoting, mm -hmm. he's pivoting away from like the mining, destructive mm -hmm. mining and into mm -hmm. sort of like constructive mining, I guess I would call it. Like, yeah, there's the, it's Fortescue Fu Future pivot. Metals. Yeah, Fortescue Future Industries. He's making a huge bet on, among other things, uh, green hydrogen. Uh, he's also got an agreement um, to help fund... Um, post-war Ukraine uh, towards a, a low-carbon outcome oh. as well. Yeah. yeah. He also, he just, well, did, he, he, did owns... a, he did a PhD in uh, aquaculture um, or a fortune, okay. if I'm remembering correctly, a couple of years ago. And uh, it, it, it has some interesting I, stuff going on as an investor around cruelty-free, cruelty-free uh, uh, cruelty uh, fishing. That might be a key difference between Australians and American directors is that yours are educated <laughs> beyond beyond business school. I would have been more impressed if it was if it was aqua dancing. Mm, aqua don't culture. Know. I didn't ask it's what coming. it was specific was. All right. And then have you got a, have you got a final award for us, Matt? I got a Come final on, one last award. Um, <laughs> and that is most likely to have all gone to high school together. Okay. <laughs> Again, but this where, is Australia, how many remember. How many? Yeah. Look, how did you choose just one? I there was only one company at like large cap company in all of Australia where one hundred percent, one hundred percent of the board is connected to each other through other boards. As well, in, better not be a I bank. sat on a board with Damien. Damien sits on a board with Rachel. Rachel sits on a board with me. Right, like mm -hmm. one company. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me NAB. it's a bank. It is. It is. It's it a is bank. NAB. It's National Australian Bank, which uh -oh. I don't know. You know, in the in the modern like bank meme, bank terror runs that are happening, social media runs. It baffles me that in Australia you can have a board where every single member is connected through other boards back to each other. Feels in, like trouble in these big loops. It seems tr troublesome. It seems troublesome. <laughs> So they won, they won most likely to have gone to high school together. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Damien Rollis and Matt Muscardi, thank you so much for joining us. We'll drop uh, into our show notes a link to Business Pants, which I encourage people to listen to. Um, also to Free Float Media, where they can get a full idea of what you folks are up to across this full rubric of uh, providing greater clarification on the who on boards. So Damien and Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you liked today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. 
The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.